For our scripture reading today, we'll be reading from Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel is one of the major prophets. You'll find it after Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and before Daniel. So Ezekiel chapter 33. And we'll read the first 22 verses. Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning at verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people, and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet. But did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have, set, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way... And he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day of his, that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered, but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, if he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen, 
and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, The way of the Lord is not fair, but it is their way which is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet, you say, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. And it came to pass in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, that one who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has been captured. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the man came who had escaped, and he had opened my mouth. So when he came to me in the morning, my mouth was opened, and I was no longer mute. We'll stop the reading there. Your congregation, our, our focus this morning will be on the first 11 verses of chapter 33 of Ezekiel that we read together. And in this chapter, and especially in verse 11, God says, as I live, as certainly as God lives, he declares, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn from their evil ways and live. God declares he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they would live, that they would turn to him. And how is it that we know what we are to turn from? Isn't it in his word that he he tells us what we must turn from? And isn't it by people telling us what his word says that we hear? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it is that God uses other people to speak into our lives. People who, who know the Lord. People who know His Word. And in the context of the church, it is especially the, the office bearers, the leaders of the church who God uses to speak into the lives of the members. God gives the office bearers, His servants, as watchmen in the midst of the congregation to to warn and to guide and to bring God's Word to our hearts. And so today we have that special privilege again of witnessing the installation of the office bearers of this congregation. New watchmen being set by God in the midst of this congregation to speak words of life to us and to point us to that way of life, to, to point us to the God of salvation, the only God who can deliver us from our sin. And so our theme is God's watchmen. God's watchmen. And the first thought that we have is this. Office bearers, you are commissioned to watch. Office bearers, you are commissioned to watch. This chapter in Ezekiel deals with God's watchmen and with God's people. 
And so what is a watchman, children? What is a watchman? What do they do? Well, a watchman is like an alarm, like an alarm system. He, he watches out for danger, and he sounds the alarm if he sees danger. So God tells Ezekiel a parable here to explain what a watchman does. In those days, they never had all the electronic surveillance systems that we have now that can detect someone breaking in or somebody coming. But there, when an enemy would be coming toward a city to invade the land, the people needed to be warned of that danger. And so every, every city needed a watchman to stand guard, a watchman to watch if the enemy was coming closer. And in verse 2 of chapter 33 here, it says, it says that the enemy was approaching. In the second line there, it says, When I bring the sword upon the land. Because we know that in, in, if there's peace, there's no real need to watch. There's no need for a watchman if there's no, if there's no threat of war. But, if the, but with the threat of war here, they, are, need, they need to be on high alert. And so the people would choose someone from out of their own city, out of their own land, and they would make him their watchman. It needed to be someone they could trust. It needed to be someone with, with good eyesight who could watch the horizon to see what was coming. Someone who was attentive, who would pay attention to what was happening, not someone who would sleep. And so his job then was to, to watch. He would stand on, on a hill or he'd stand on the, on the walls or on the tower of the city where he could watch the horizon to see if anyone was coming over the hills or if anyone was sneaking through the valleys toward the city. And so he stood there on behalf of the people. It was one person watching for the whole city so that the rest of the people could continue their, their work. And so he was responsible to warn the people if he saw any danger. They heard that the enemy was on the way. And so it would be only a matter of time when the, that army would be coming over the hills and they would arrive. You know, children, if that enemy would arrive, if the armies would arrive and not be seen, that would be dangerous for the city because the enemy could capture the city by surprise and it would be the end of the city. But in verse 3 it says, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, then he has to act immediately. He has to blow the trumpet and warn the people. And in those days, children, they used a ram's horn, also called a, a shofar. And he would blow in that trumpet, and that trumpet would make a loud and a distinct and unmistakable sound so that a whole city could hear. And when, when the enemy was spotted, they would sound that alarm, and then the people have heard the warning, and then they can be prepared to defend the city. And so God uses this parable to show how he has commissioned Ezekiel as the watchman to watch, to warn his people. In verse 7 he says, So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So God here, he makes Ezekiel the watchman for the house of Israel. The Israelites have not been choosing the proper watchman. They have not been watching for the right things. But the difference between the parable that the Lord gave about the city and here making Ezekiel the watchman is that Ezekiel also had inside information. 
In verse 7 he says, Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. The, the enemy would be coming. But long before the enemy was coming and long before it could be seen, the watchman would hear from God what would happen. God lets them know what's going to happen. This is the most accurate early warning system that there is. Even now our surveillance cameras can only pick up what is actually happening. But God here was going to tell them what was going to happen in the future. And so Ezekiel's responsibility was to begin sounding that alarm and to warn the people about the impending danger. Well, what was that danger? Well, God sees the danger that His people are in, even though they can't see it coming yet. And it's a double threat. Children, two threats. The first threat was that the Babylonian army would come. The Babylonians would come to capture, to conquer the land. And verse 21 says and shows that they eventually did. They came right to the heart of the nation, to Jerusalem, and captured Jerusalem. But the other threat was God himself. Verse 2, it says, when I bring the sword upon the land. God is the one who is bringing the enemy upon the land. The greater threat was the judgment of God. And God tells Ezekiel to bring this message in verse 8. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. God says the danger was his wrath and his punishment for their sins because they have broken God's covenant. They have sinned against God. God had told him in Leviticus 26, and he said, if you will not listen to me, but break my covenant, I will bring the sword upon your land, and you shall waste away in your iniquity in your, in your enemy's lands. And you see what the Lord is doing here, children? He will punish Israel for their sins. He himself shows that he is the one bringing the judgment and the danger, but he doesn't bring in a sneak attack. Instead, he sends watchmen to warn them first. He sends them watchmen so that they'll turn to God, that they'll turn from their wicked ways. And that's what Ezekiel does. He blasts on that trumpet. He begins to speak to the people loudly and clearly. He warns them of the danger that God will punish them for their sins. And so now the people can begin to prepare themselves. What must they do? But if we think about this, today we also have the privilege of witnessing the installation of office bearers. And just like every city that needed a watchman, Acts 14.23 says that the apostles appointed elders and deacons in every church. And like the watchmen, brothers, you have been appointed by the people. You have been lawfully called to this office by the church of Christ and therefore by God himself. You are called on behalf of the people to stand watch for the people. The congregation has chosen the, the men who they can trust, the men who will be attentive to watch for spiritual dangers. And God even tells you, in his word, what you must watch for. 
before those threats even come to the city gates. You are the watchman in the church of Christ. And your duty is to sound the alarm when you see spiritual danger. And so what do these office bearers watch for? Well, the primary task of elders in in Acts 20, 28, it says, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Then it goes on to say, Because savage wolves will come in, not sparing the flock. The first threat, he says, is the many enemies who try to attack the flock from from the outside or from the inside of the church. We must realize that there's a spiritual battle raging every day, that the enemy is on the way in many different forms. There's a spiritual battle for each one of your souls today. And Wahamas Abrakel summarizes this by saying that elders are to watch to keep the congregation together and to return those to the flock who have begun to stray and to be watchful against wolves who come from the outside to create unrest among the members with false doctrine. And so then also, secondly, the elders, is their duty is to watch over the life and the con- conduct of each of these members. Remember, there's that threats of God who will judge unrepentant sinners with eternal destruction, saying, O wicked ones, you shall surely die. And so the elders are called to warn of sins in the lives of the people. They're called to to warn us of dangers coming against the church from the inside and from the outside. And to warn against any sins detected in the hearts or lives of the people. And those warnings need to be given with a clear and with a distinct sound. But then for the deacons also, Brockle says, The deacons must also care for the souls of their poor. For they are as fathers to them. And whatever one member is obligated to do to another they must excel in doing so to those over whom the Lord has placed them. They must instruct the ignorant, bring them to the church service and the catechism instruction. They must exhort, rebuke, comfort according to the individual circumstances. They must visit the sick, either preparing their soul for the hour of death or exhorting them to increase in godliness if they may again become healthy. So deacons also are set as watchmen to speak into the lives, particularly of the poor and the sick and the needy. God sets you as watchmen in the church of Christ. And so, dear congregation, God has placed His watchmen to warn us of dangers. And what then is our responsibility? And that's our second thought. Congregation, we are responsible to listen and to respond. God commissioned Ezekiel to be a watchman. And the watchmen have to warn. What more can they do than warn? The people are responsible to respond to that warning. 
God explained in verse 6, If the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. God tells Ezekiel in in verse 7 that if he does not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that those wicked men will die in their sins, in their iniquity, but their blood God will require at the watchman's hand. If Ezekiel does not warn the people about God's punishment, the people will still die in their sins. But Ezekiel will also be responsible and punished for his neglected duty. And so elders and deacons must be clear in warning us of any spiritual danger that they see in our lives or coming against the church. But on the other hand, in verse 9, God says, Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. If you are faithful, Ezekiel, then the responsibility shifts to the people. And Ezekiel was faithful. He delivered God's message. Even in chapter 3, verse 17, God initially commissioned Ezekiel to be a watchman. And there he said in chapter 3, verse 17, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word from my mouth and give them warning from me. He had warned them, saying, Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that your iniquity will not be your ruin. But because the people rejected God, they would not listen to his warnings. And what did God do? God silenced Ezekiel. God silenced the watchman. He said in chapter 3, verse 26, I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth so that you will be mute and not be able to rebuke them for they are a rebellious house. God prevented Ezekiel from being able to warn the people anymore because the people did not want to listen to God and to his servants anymore. And so without a watchman, the city could not be warned of the enemy's attacks. It was not Ezekiel's fault. It was the people's fault. We are responsible to listen and to respond to God's warnings. The people heard the warning, but they did not want to respond. Chapter 3, verse 25 says that the people would even tie up Ezekiel to stop him from going around and preaching because they did not want to listen. So God turned off the warning system. God prevented Ezekiel from speaking. And so, dear congregation, do we listen and respond to the warnings when the elders and the deacons speak to us? Do we ignore their loving warnings or do we forget what they say? Don't silence God's warning. Because what if he turns it off for the rest of your life? Don't silence God's warning when they speak into our lives. And God even shows how foolish it is not to respond to the warnings. In verse 4, he says, Whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. 
He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. Sometimes you hear of those people who, if there's a hurricane forecasted, that they refuse to, to leave the place that's being evacuated. They don't, they don't want to leave their homes, and some of them die as a result of it. But this is a much greater threat. If they ignored a warning when they heard a trumpet sound, the result is final and it's predictable. They know what's going to happen because God says what's going to happen. And you know what the result will be based on your response. If we reject God's word, he says the wicked will die in their sins. And the enemies come with the intention to kill. The Babylonians come with the intention to capture the city. Satan and the spiritual enemies come with the intention to kill, to, to capture your soul. And God said, if in his, earlier on in Leviticus, that if the people broke his covenant, the enemies would come and they would, dest- would destroy the land. And that alarm was sounding. And they ignored the alarm. And that result was guaranteed. And they would be held responsible for their sins. His blood shall be upon his own head. And so, dear congregation, God has given you these watchmen. They are here to watch for your soul. They watch for the errors and the attacks that come against the church from in the world. But they also watch for the errors that are in our own lives. For we carry around with us the remnants of sin. Or for those who are not saved, the sinful heart itself. Sins that will destroy our souls. And when they warn us, it leaves us responsible to respond. And I say us on purpose. Because elders also are to warn one another. No office bearer is above another one. We are all part of the same congregation. We all need to watch for one another's lives. And so Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. And then he says, Let them do so with joy and not with grief. Because what a grief it is to your office bearers when they warn you of sin and you continue on in your rebellion or even leave the church. But there is also that joy when they see repentance, when they see people turning to the Lord. And in the end of uh, verse 17 of Hebrews 13, it says, Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. In the end... It's for your soul. Your response to God's word it affects your soul. And so what a blessing it is then that God sets office bearers over his congregation, watchmen over his church to warn and to protect and to lead you. And so it's our duty to obey them and to, to respect them and to hold them in, in high esteem because they're watching for your souls. So let them do their duty with with joy. 
It's, it's, they desire your salvation. They desire your sanctification. They desire your eternal joy and comfort. And so especially, congregation, pray for your office bearers. Pray for them. Because they have a very weighty responsibility. You heard the responsibility that God lays upon his servants. You are the one who called them to this office. You are the one who has to uphold them in this office with your prayers before God. Make time for them when they call or when they want to visit. Listen carefully to them, children. Listen carefully to your elders and to the deacons and to the older older members of the congregation and respond to their warnings and pray for them again. Pray for them often. Because when they speak to you, it's God's appeal for your life, for your soul. God sends His watchmen into the situation that you are in with an appeal for your life. And in verse 10, God sends Ezekiel as a watchman to go and speak to Israel again. He had turned off the warning system earlier on in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel had not, or the Israel had not listened to the warnings. The enemy did come. The Babylonians came. They, they conquered the land. They took many captives. And at this point in time in Ezekiel, the Israelites are sitting in Babylon in captivity. They're weeping. They, they're, they're in grief because of their sin. But God is not done with His people. God is not done with His people Israel here. And God is not done with us here. Even though God chastises us for our sins, God remains a merciful God. He had silenced Ezekiel in chapter 3, but here in verses 1 through 9, God reinstates Ezekiel as the watchman for his people again. God has a message for his people again. And first he comes to address the condition, their situation that they're in. In verse 10, we hear them complaining about the consequences of their sins. And they say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we live? Now, how can we live under this chastisement, under this burden, under this punishment? They'd, they'd realize now that these warnings all along had been true. Now they finally realize that the warnings are true. Now that they are sitting in captivity, the sword came because they did not take warning. And so they confess here that they're guilty of two evils. They say transgression, that's their rebellion against God, children. When we rebel against what God teaches us, it's, it's, it's a transgression. But then also their sin. Sin is our failure to live up to what God demands. God's perfect righteousness. But God sends Ezekiel now to these despairing people as they sit here in exile with a message of comfort and hope again. And in the book of Ezekiel, this is actually the turning point in the book where it turns from judgment to mercy. And so the Lord chastises His people and this made Him realize that God's Word is true. That Ezekiel's warning was real. And what they're ready to hear now and ready to believe is that God's mercy is also real. That God's appeal for their life is also true. Verse 11 says to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. 
Turn, turn from your evil way, for why should you die, O house of Israel? He's showing them, just as the punishment is true, so does promise is true, that you will live when you turn to the Lord. And this is the reason why God gives us watchmen here, even in this congregation. And that's why we must listen to the warnings of, of these watchmen. Because we are like Israel, aren't we? So often we have not listened. And how many of us also have had to face the consequences because of our decisions in our life, because of our sins? And maybe even now some are feeling the consequences of their choices and their rejection of God and the warnings. And yet, God comes. And so we see that the warning is real. We see that sin is real. We see that God's judgment against our sin is real. And that it will come. And even if you're complaining now that your punishment is heavier than you can bear, know that the gospel also is real. And that Christ is real. And that if you turn from your sin, you will also live as God here says. And this is the the message that the watchmen bring to the people. The message with every warning is that Jesus himself says, Repent and believe the gospel. They warn you of what is sinful so that you will turn to what is right and good in God through Christ Jesus. And yes, God comes and demands the impossible from us. But it is because He has made it possible. Because Christ has come to take the curse of death so that you can receive the promise of the Spirit through faith of life. And so He commands us to turn from our evil ways because Christ has merited this blessing with His perfect obedience. We have sinned. We have come short of that mark. But Christ has obeyed perfectly for His people. Christ is the watchman who not only warns, but He's the watchman who took, who took the curse upon Himself. He faced that threat Himself and alone. He took the punishment for our failure to listen to those warnings. He bore the wrath and the judgment of God against our sin and carried it to the grave. And now He says, if we trust in Christ, that sort of God's judgment will not come down on us. Because it fell on Him. Because if we go, but if we go our own way, then there is no deliverance. Then you will face the wrath and sword of God. But do you see then the importance of these watchmen, of these office bearers in the church of Christ? To warn of impending dangers and to direct you to life? Office bearers, you see the importance of warning against all danger and to call the people to turn, to turn from their wicked ways so that they would live. The congregation, you see the importance of listening carefully to those whom God has set an authority over us so that we shall live. Amen.